0: Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 183 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and folk magic. And my special guest is Lex Ritchie. Welcome, Lex. Welcome, Lex.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to
0: be here. Well, I am glad to have you here. Um, folk magic is something I'm very interested in. And I think a lot of my listeners are interested in anything with magic and tarot and you know that, that sort of thing. Uh, and you're a folk magic educator. So for people who are listening, I'd love it if you could explain what folk magic is.
1: Yeah, um, so folk magic actually has a lot of definitions. Um, but the one that I work with is that folk magic is a type of folk art. So like a folk art, it's a craft. So it is something that comes through practice and um, through a type of cunning. So cunning has this kind of uh, negative connotation now of being um, like duplicitous or crafty. But cunning in my practice is a knowing that comes both from within and from connection to external sources of magic, external sources of, of the numinous, right? Spirits, deities, um, a more mystical interpretation of nature, right? It's from these connections within ourselves. So when we connect to these external sources of magic and craft them together within ourselves, that we get a folk magic. So you know, it's I, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's, um, it's a craft that um, is unique to each person, is just what I wanted to emphasize, in connection with place and their own backgrounds.
0: Well, I grew up with farm folks, and, you know, they would not consider themselves, of course, uh, magicians by any stretch, but there would be certain things that would be omens. Like if you see a bird doing a certain thing, that means something like everything had meaning, whether it's nature, whether it's the knock at the door where no one is at the door. These are things um, that we grew up with. So we're always, I guess, in our own way, uh, at least for me, connected to something greater than ourselves if we pay attention.
1: Right. Right. And I, I come from a similar kind of more rural background. Um, and, uh, on one side, it's sort of Appalachian folk magic and on the other side, Italian American Catholic folk magic. Um, and the, the idea of, of magic that's not magic, you know, like as we think of it nowadays in this like very high magic ceremonial art mystical sense, but a magic that is very much about one's lived experience.
0: Well, I, I also grew up uh, Roman Catholic. And so we had, you know, you pray to this saint for that thing. Uh, I actually have a statue of St. Anthony and he's got a removable baby. And so what you do with this thing is you take the baby away and say, listen, St. Anthony, this is what I want. You'll get your little baby Jesus back when you grant my wish. Now I've never done that because that feels like that's kind of like a little bit violent, but that's an old like Catholic thing that I think is really interesting. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something, so I've shared, um, with a lot of, you know, I've I've had uh, students who've um, struggled with finding things, um, and Saint Anthony is, of course, very good at finding things, um, and I think part of the reason why Saint Anthony and other saints in the folk Catholic practice are good at finding things is because there's there's that give and take. It's a more, um, it's less uh, sacrosanct and much more like Hey, Spirit, you're here to do me favors, and we can work together, you know? So Tony, Tony, come on down. Works because, you know, otherwise you're not going to call on Tony.
0: You know, it's so funny. My um, father, many years ago, had to sell his house, and that house sat on the market for a year. And we had feng shui consultants come in, and that helped get people in there, but it wasn't selling. And finally, I'm like, the dude is Catholic. Let me go get St. Joe. So I got the St. Joe statue, And for people who grew up Catholic, you know this. You bury the statue upside down uh, next to the for sale sign facing the house. And you put a little food in there so he's got something to eat while he works. And then you do the little prayer. And then you go about your business. So I went and I did that. And we had an offer on the house within two weeks. I just about fell (laughs) over. So this folk magic, um, Catholic magic, whatever kind of magic you do, it does work. Um, And one thing I'd like to ask you, too you're very much about empowerment. So in your opinion, how could something like folk magic empower you? I mean, I'm talking about using a saint to sell a house, but what other ways can we empower ourselves with folk magic?
1: Yeah. So things that I, I mean, one of my favorite folk magical practices is cleaning your house, Um, which, you know, and I have a, I have a little folk magical, like intro to folk magic book. And, um, in it, I have a chapter, like a section called clean your damn house. And, um, (laughs) because this is folk magic. It can be an extension of the way we care for ourselves and the way we take responsibility for our lives, right? In our world, we are trained. We're taught to be disempowered, to view people outside of us um, institutions, things that are not us as the holders of power. And so when we take it back, even in small ways, we say, I have this house or this apartment or this space and it is mine and I am going to take responsibility for it. We're building up, you know, practically we're building up like this notion that we can be powerful and empowered and take responsibility but also we're strengthening our like spiritual connection to the idea of responsibility. And it's a small practice and you can incorporate more magical things like you can sprinkle down salt or you can um, light candles while you clean. Um, But it's the very act of saying, I have power in this small way that we allow ourselves to claim power in increasingly bigger ways.
0: Well, I clean every Monday. I do a cleaning on my house, and I and I hate cleaning. By the way, I, I don't like it because I was always made to do it when I was a kid. So I've got like a, a resentment towards it. And also, I always think I'm too busy for this, but I do it anyways every Monday. And I I've trained my brain to t- to treat it like it's a it's an opportunity to bless my house,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that has helped me at least say, okay, well, you're blessing your house. You're putting good energy. You're sweeping up all that negative stuff from the week before. So I like to treat it like that. Um, and that helps me at least pretend to enjoy it, I guess. Um, so
1: how one, do you, go ahead. I was just gonna say one thing I'm always coming back to eat, both in my folk magic practice and my tarot practice is what is one tiny action that gets you one step forward, right? It's, it's sort of like, you know, the hermit card. Like you just have a lantern And it just lights forward the next few steps. And it's like, you don't need to have a whole plan. You don't need to have all the power. What is just the next step? What is the next empowered thing you can do? What's the next step you can take towards growth?
0: Well, that leads very beautifully into my next question. Because my next (laughs) question is, well, how do you blend folk magic with tarot? Yeah. So
1: in my practice, tarot is a folk art. Um, So it is a... It's, it's a magical practice that comes from this combination of inner knowing and also one's connection to place, to the ancestors, um, to nature, right? Any source of, of numinous magic that you have in your life, you can blend that into your tarot practice, right? And my, personally, I am very connected to the earth element so nature in my magical practice so for me it's a very grounded thing but for somebody who's very connected to the air element it could get very intellectual right it it depends very much on the individual but when we're thinking about how does tarot become a full practice um at least in the way that I'm viewing a folk practice, right? Tarot is in fact a folk practice, right? Um, It has been practiced in people's kitchens and passed down along family lines and whispered about for hundreds of years, right? Tarot is in fact a folk practice as it is conventionally conceived. But when we're talking about folk magic as um, a magic that comes from us in combination with these different elements and place and our own inner knowing, It means centering your inner knowing when it comes to tarot. So when you approach each tarot card, they have their own traditional meanings, right? Um, But it's a practice of asking, do I know what this means for me? What do these symbols mean for me? Does the images, do the images on my card connect with and mean something to me, to my background, right? That's why I think um, it's so important that we have all of these different tarot decks. Right now on my desk I have um, a card from the Valeda tarot deck, which is a gorgeous deck that features these beautiful um, illustrations that are very nature influenced. It's all plants, Um, but they're actually all plants from European tradition. So you have foxgloves and hawthorn, dandelion, and um, acorns. so um and but they're all plants from european tradition right and uh that can be very meaningful for people who live in europe or for people who have european heritage but if you don't it might not resonate in the same way right um so finding a deck that in you know matches your symbols matches your meanings and if you can't find one really diving deep into each card and figuring out where's the truth for me How does this connect to my background? How does this connect to what I know about nature, to what I know about my ancestors, to what I know about myself?
0: I love that. Um, So what do you say to people, now here's a very good question that I always like thinking about, uh, especially when we're talking about magic or tarot, but what what do you say about people who assume that, you know, folk magic or tarot can't really help them make a change? Yeah.
1: So depending on, you know, who is asking me this question and their overall demeanor, the first thing I would say is you don't know until you try. Um, and and I have this saying in my folk magical practice that it's not woo if it works. Um, so I come from actually a sort of more scientific background. I studied physics in undergrad, and then I got my master's in mechanical engineering. And I actually started... To, I mean, I, I learned about tarot as a kid, but I didn't continue that practice into my adulthood, but I picked it back up when I was in my master's program. And I thought, I felt like such an idiot. I'm like, what am I doing with these stupid cards? Like, I like, I don't want to tell the future. I don't think they can tell the future, but they, they helped me so much. Like I was, I'm good at science, but it's just, it's not where I was able to be doing the best work. Like I'm chronically ill, I'm neurodivergent, it wasn't gonna gonna work out. Um, And tarot helped me learn to be okay with that and find my path forward in in my own power, honoring my own gifts and honoring where I'm at in this lifetime. Um, So the first thing I would say to, to most people who are skeptical, like give it a shot, like try lighting a candle and cleaning your house. Do you feel better? Like, it doesn't matter if it's just, like, the placebo effect. If it was meaningful to you and it helped you, that is all that matters. It's not woo if it works for you, you know? Um, and the other thing I would say is that this doesn't – so the, the way we talk about magic um, is is just one way of talking about the phenomena of tarot, Right? we can view tarot as like a really complicated uh eeny meeny miny mo or a really complicated coin flip. It is a process of asking questions and finding clarity for yourself. That is why it is very important for me to center an individual's knowing in a tarot reading and why it is very important for me to center empowerment in a tarot reading because if I'm just pulling the cards and not trying to relate this back to how it can help my client, how it can help the individual move forward in their growth, uh, you know, then it's not really honoring the person that I'm working for, um, the, the client that I'm reading for. And it's kind of rude to them, you know, like we all have our ability to choose to grow and to find clarity in this life. And tarot is is but one tool for that.
0: It's one of many tools. So, you know, that brings up this question then. So let's say somebody is getting a reading and and they want to work with folk magic and what might be an empowered, what might be a way to ask questions that might move them towards an empowered life and how might folk magic support that inquiry? Yes. So
1: something... A lot of people, when they're coming to me with questions for the tarot cards, often they're asking questions that are very focused externally. Like, this thing is happening to me, and I want to know how to make this thing go this way. Um, And often the reframe that I will offer them is... um, how can we look at how you're empowered to act in response to this situation, how you're empowered to advocate for yourself, what tools you have to respond to this situation, what opportunity is being presented for growth. Um, So looking at starting sort of from the center in, right? The, The external might be what prompts you to come to the tarot reading, but the gift of the tarot reading is that you can respond from the outside or from the inside out to the external situation so that you can find the steps forward that are empowering for you, that are aligned with where you want to go and what you're hoping for in your life. Um, and then okay, you then you asked about folk magic and how that can help.
0: How can support um, the inquiry.
1: Yes. So One way folk magic can support this is um, if somebody, uh, so for example, um, if we think of somebody who wants to become more creative or wants to like get rid of writer's block or something, and they're hoping to spark their creative fire, we can read about, you know, what are the tools to empower that? um, What actions can you take? What's the general read on this situation? Like, why are you experiencing this? Is it coming from within, or is it something large, you know more external than that? And we can ask all those questions and sort of um, answer those questions in a tarot reading. But as far as empowering the um, client moving forward, I can suggest things like lighting a candle and you know every day at a certain time, or when they begin to do their creative practice and focusing on bringing. That candle bringing forward the fire in them or we can um, come up with some other practice that you know really helps them feel creative in a low pressure way um, or ask what creativity means to them and invite the client to bring more of that those elements of creativity into their life without you know necessarily trying to force through the creative block.
0: I love that. So my last question for you what is the biggest change that tarot and folk magic brought into your life?
1: Ooh. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, like I was saying, I was in a mechanical engineering graduate program. I was studying to get my PhD. Um, I was pretty good at it, even you know. I but let's be real, I have ADHD, and I am intuitive and empathic, and I'm I'm also Clear, which is, like, not necessarily, like, the most okay thing in most science environments, right? It was not the most aligned path for me. It was not necessarily in my nature, even though I was successful at it. And coming to tarot, like, just let me see all of the ways that that wasn't aligned, right? Um, it it really, what it did was it rewove my connection to the root of my power to make choices in my life, right? When I made the choice to study science, I was following like a script sort of, right? It it was a very kind of hierophant kind of thing where I had been given this way that my life was supposed to go and I was doing it, but it wasn't really in alignment with my values. It wasn't in alignment with who I was and it wasn't in alignment with where I wanted to end up and the way I wanted to bring my gifts into the world. And um, the tarot helped me see the ways that I was giving away my power to shape my life to this story of how things are supposed to go. And that was like a years-long process. But I left my PhD program. I moved across the country back to my home state, um, which is so amazing. I love, I'm, I'm in... Uh, Toledo, Ohio, and it's amazing, <laughs> and I love it. Um, and I am reading tarot now, right? So, like through tarot, through the process of continually finding, seeking clarity through the tarot, and finding empowerment, and taking steps towards that empowerment, slowly taking small, tiny pieces of action regularly that has shifted my entire life. Um, And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Tarot, I don't think.
0: You know, so interesting. uh, My path, I always thought was gonna be very different too. I thought I was gonna be a makeup artist. And then the other thing I thought I would be, would be an attorney. I've got a Libra rising. So I I love everything about law and it just didn't work out that way. You know, I always like to say, Carol kind of found me and all of a sudden one day here I am on the path. And now I've been reading Carol professionally for 30 years. You know, you just sometimes got to follow where the path leads you. And I think that's a very folk magic way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the path just opens up and you got to follow it and it doesn't go according to script.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm you know everyone has those those nudges and you can ignore them for some time um but eventually you know it'll you'll either slowly path correct or you'll you'll get a shove you know um yeah and Entero is can guide our course corrections
0: <laughs> absolutely well this has been an amazing conversation so i appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom with me today lex
1: Certainly. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: And where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want a reading, if they want to learn about folk magic or take a class, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I am on Instagram. I'm at the.days.i or on the web at daysitarot.com.
0: Wonderful. Well, people, uh, if you are listening, make sure you go and check out Lex's work. I think you're going to be very fascinated. And this is going to be another step to helping you get on the right path. So, once again, Lex, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you enjoy terabytes, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to terabytes. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember, that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.